0: Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changer Show. Today's show is well, we're very good friends actually especially in the clubhouse space. If you don't know what clubhouse is, it's the audio only app on iOS and uh, Apple. And for every time that I host a room, which is normally twice a week, he'll normally facilitate and come. Honestly, I find that, especially with clubhouses, that you really begin to find your tribe, right? So some people, by the way, some people really type of person or, or you know based on your values and, and and things like that so it's interesting right because you attract with who you become type of thing and for me i've really found i suppose this tribe of great people which from a place of authenticity right and value rather than thinking about how can i um fill my pockets with money and sell uh, my soul to the devil as i like to call it right which is not real but but i know that uh, my good friend rory who i'm going to introduce very very shortly he's going to laugh at that he's probably listening to me in the background what a big shout out to mr mr andish orberg how are you doing Anders? very good to see you and to daniel how are you daniel great to see you as well it's great that we've got some great engagement for today so listen without further ado i want to introduce my good friend we actually met i believe we have met actually at a conference a business conference uh, a few years ago in the united states and um, uh, and then i suppose with anything right when you get busy you kind of uh, you lose communication right you lose uh, uh, you lose touch with people and clubhouse which is great which has kind of brought a lot of people together and uh, and uh, for me, uh, this individual, uh, which his name is Rory Atkinson, is from South Africa, um, is absolutely an expert. Um, he actually started off with uh, rescuing struggling businesses, uh, but has now moved into the digital market space, done so for quite some time. And I tell you what, honestly, I'm not being funny when we have conversations with <laughs> with some of our uh uh, facilitators and moderators on Clubhouse. Honestly, we absolutely crush it. We have so much um, candid conversations and it's fun, right? It's so fun. Um, it really is. Um, but listen, uh, absolute Titan when it comes to digital marketing, knows lots about algorithms, um, super sophisticated guy. But i tell you what, absolutely loves giving value. Um, so, without further ado, give you a round of applause to Mister Rory Atkinson.
1: Woo! Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> How are you doing, Adam? Hello, everybody. I'm
0: good, Rory. How are you doing today? Happy Wednesday.
1: Happy Wednesday to you too. Can you hear me clearly?
0: I can hear you clearly. Absolutely. Can, am I c- good. coming in clear?
1: Uh, breaking up every now and again, but your internet connection will uh, will leave for another conversation another day. <laughs> <laughs> comes from comes from living Absolutely. on a on an on an island lifestyle luxury hey <laughs> it's
0: called it's called third world country and yes andish i know bad connection i get it 100% uh i'm going to blame uh i'm going to blame uh the internet connection on me so i apologize for that but anyway listen <laughs> you've to put up with it right <laughs> it's all good so listen um I mean, we we had some great conversations in clubhouse and and, and things like that, right? But let's oh, talk yeah. about because I know that you've been on the the Game Changers Summit, which was back at the end of January, which was great because I know that you were speaking a lot about communities there, which was great, and I yeah. I thought it was extremely um, what's the word timely and uh, really really good. But um, tell us a little bit about I mean, you transitioned from uh, I suppose business rescuer to kind of digital marketeer as such. Um how did yeah. that work out? And and you know what why why digital marketing and not what you were doing before? What I just kind of was curious about that.
1: So I mean I'm still doing turnaround stuff. It's not like I've stopped completely. I'm still doing it. Um I just don't uh, pursue it in quite the same fashion as I used to do, um, utilizing investor structures and things like that. Um, I still do it quietly on the side, uh, but how I kind of got into it was I needed digital marketing uh, for the businesses that I was doing consultancy work for, because um, I also ran a, a successful consultancy firm as well while doing turnarounds myself, um, and we just I just kind of ran into this problem of, of every single marketing company I hired to do our marketing uh, or web development company to build our websites just did a crap job. <laughs> there's no other way <laughs> to put it no bullshit you know um, I just I did a crap job. they uh they they and i i kind of lost my lost my cool eventually when i i had two specific businesses i needed websites built for and uh eventually i re, by the time i'd got to the end of it um i had written all the copy done the actual design, layout, format and structure, the flow of the website, the conversionality of the website, I'd basically chosen all the back end software, I'd selected all the imagery myself. And I kind of sat there and scratched my head and what the hell am I paying these guys for? So, <laughs> so, so then I found then then I was at another business event. Um, and I was like, "Okay, great. Um, Let's, let's see if I can find somebody that actually knows what they're doing in marketing. And unfortunately, <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> so I bumped into, a, but I did bump into a young guy there, uh, Nick Findlay, who's my business partner uh, in the, in the um, digital marketing company, um, who was still at university doing uh, BSc in computer science. And we got chatting a little bit about stuff and he had a keen business mind, but he also had a really clever technical brain for developing websites. So I said to him, okay, well, let's do some websites together, you know, some from my clients and then let's see how it goes. And eventually we turned it into a company uh, to build websites for other people because people saw what we were doing with our sites, liked what we were doing and said, can you build us a site? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Funny how that kind of turns into a business over time. and then. How we got into the marketing space was after about a year and a half or so of building websites for people as a company, website building company, um, we just kind of had to naturally get in touch with uh, what was happening in the marketing world um, in the digital space. And it became the natural evolution process of the business. Was first we started with Facebook and we were doing some social media content development, and then we started with Facebook ads, and and then it became LinkedIn, and then and then so it rolled on and on and on, and eventually we reached the point where we were doing, you know, everything across the board: uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know and the seo as well became a big 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 part and then that kind of generated my fascination into into the algorithm side of things so you know text text not my even though i've got a background in engineering tech's not my strongest suit but i love systems i'm a systems guy from top to bottom i love systems so uh, for me it was it was oh well here's a system i get to game and uh, i love game theory so this was, this was just like a match made in heaven. It's an uh, ever-evolving system process that I get to play around with every day.
0: <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Listen, I, I, I've got some burning questions that I want to ask you, okay? Maybe questions that we have a discussion <laughs> first. And I always have discussions when it comes to marketing. because For me, and it's probably the same for our listeners as well, right, is that we're all students of learning give a shit like you know if you, you you know everyone is you can never kind of put a ceiling on your learning capabilities do you know what I mean I'm a big believer of everyone's a student um I want to kind of move into I know that you mentioned algorithms right and it's interesting because you know one of the questions one of the burning questions that I know that our audience is going to be making right is why are people not seeing my fucking posts? <laughs> right? Um, I'd like to, I suppose it, to me, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a rant really in, in, in a nutshell, but why are people not seeing my posts? And, um, you know, what, what's there, Rory? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. It depends on which platform you're talking about. Okay. Um, let's start with Facebook because that's probably the one that most people that are listening now are most right. familiar with. Um, yep. If you're writing posts on there, the, the algorithm changed. You will have noticed a significant change a couple of months back. Um, uh, probably in September, there was a small one. Uh, June, July, there was a change in the algorithm. And then last year, right before COVID kind of, or right after COVID kind of kicked off in March, there was a big change. Before that, you would do a post, right? And the post would go out and it would be seen by lots of people in your following list or in your friends list. Um, And then if you set it to public, there would be some organic discovery elements as well there uh, where people that related something to you could be found um, or could find your post. This changed in March, April last year uh, with the initial introduction of a slightly more restrictive post. And initially the algorithm on Facebook was changed to cope with the influx of misinformation, which... You know fair cop that is kind of something that was happening on facebook um and so it became like all things it's ai driven right so it needed time to learn and then it learned but then it kind of learned the wrong way so then they went and fixed it again in june and then uh, it they discovered that by this oppressive nature of it it was driving more people to run post boosting and various other things to get more engagement back onto their posts and facebook is a company a publicly listed company with shareholders, <laughs> they like money. <laughs> so they, they, they basically went off and went, okay, how can we engineer this thing now to be far more restrictive? So now what's happened is, is it's brought the organic discovery levels right down. Um, and you kind of have to spend money to to be seen, unless you've got a big following. Uh, this has kind of changed how Facebook operates as a platform for engagement. It's still a fantastic platform. You just need to understand that the discovery cycle, we talk about a discovery cycle is how long between posts or how many uh, post cycles you need to run through before somebody will see a repeat of your post again. You used to set it around two weeks to three weeks, um, oh, sorry, two to three days. Um, at worst case, and now it's really long. It, it's There's lots of theories about how long it is, but it, I've, I've heard numbers anywhere between two weeks and up to a month and a half in terms of post discovery. So right. um, you can pretty much make the same kinds of posts multiple times, and only a tiny percentage of your audience will repeat see that post. So um, the actual specifics of it are, are you know, it's a little complicated because it depends on each post, but uh, there's ways to game the mechanic to improve your organic discovery. So that's sort of in a nutshell there. Um, Facebook now has moved far more in towards a, a group privacy kind of structure. It's really good for facilitating private groups and funneling people into that for management purposes and things like that. Um, And there it's quite good. If the group is set to private, the the viewability of the the post that you write in your privacy group is actually boosted compared to if your group is open. So uh, there's also little game changes that they've done there. If we're talking about a platform like so I mean that's Facebook in a nutshell. If we're talking about Instagram, Instagram's actually still, even though it's owned by Facebook, is still free, fairly free on the natural discovery, which is why you're seeing this link with um, Clubhouse being so phenomenal for people, because it's just boosting your your discoverability. The only thing that you really have to understand about mm-hmm. gaming the algorithm on Instagram, and I'm not a big personally, I'm not a big Instagrammer. Um, but I, I've spoken now with enough people that are big Instagrammers to kind of get a, a good feel of it personally as well. Um, and the, the big thing there is you have to learn to game it with what kinds of posts. So things like reels and stories do extremely well on, on Instagram for both organic discovery and internal uh, group discovery. So that's that's kind of Instagram in a nutshell movies or videos in particular do very very well on instagram and and I think it's possibly also because the platform is geared so heavily towards the visual aspect so copy is not going to do great but you know video itself is going to do phenomenally well and then there's lots of different tricks and games you can play to mess with the algorithm to to make it more efficient using meta tags and things like that that are are relevant. Um, but, at the end of the day, your engagement is going to drive nice. instagram 's discovery the hardest so encouraging more people that you are friends with to engage with your pro- with your uh, posts is going to drive further discovery that 's kind of how that algorithm is set up and then finally if we 're looking at at something like linkedin i 'm not going to go into all the other sub platforms but if i 'm looking at something like linkedin i 've actually kind of recently been looking at what the difference is in the algorithm between having a paid LinkedIn account, i.e. the LinkedIn premium, or just having a standard LinkedIn account. And it's way higher with a paid account. That's not something they advertise, but I can show you the statistic difference between the two. It's almost 10 to 1 in terms of discovery um, and reach within your own fellowship and and organic reach. So LinkedIn's a little different. You kind of have to play the game of talking to other people to get your own page to boost. So the more you engage with other people on it, on their posts, the more your posts are going to get back engagement. Think of it kind of like backlinking in websites, right? It's kind of the same right. style, right? So that's kind of what's happening on on LinkedIn. And then LinkedIn's also got a couple of sort of priority things. So video does extremely well on LinkedIn more recently, but heavily sort of edited videos seem to do worse than sort of slightly casual videos i'm not really sure why that's just sort of the stats that i'm seeing on my side i'm i'm not the linkedin expert uh uh, shanae is probably the linkedin expert from clubhouse if you want to talk to her (laughs) um and then the the other thing that's do- doing really well is um, polls, which is why if you're on LinkedIn a lot, like I am, you're seeing every Tom, Dick, and Harry is posting a thousand bloody polls out, <laughs> and, and it's got a very high engagement ratio, right? So that's why the algorithm is pushing that. I hope that answers your question, Adam. Yeah. Money is a short answer yeah, to answer absolutely. your question. I, I was going <laughs> to touch it. <in>
0: the- <laughs> Listen, when you speak to Rory, by the way, right, it's never a short answer. It's just kind of um, – it's very detailed <laughs> to the point. Though. Uh, anyway, um, question – from uh, my good friend Anders Orberg from over in Stockholm in Sweden, it says he said, and I'm not going to put it up on the screen because it's so big, but I'll, I'll read it out. It says, "Machine learning algorithms have become increasingly popular. They are developing their behavior by now analyzing training examples. Uh, I was going to say, creating statistical interface uh, models on social media.
1: I've lost are that,
0: there say on how it's going to behave?" Oh, one second. In fact, let me bring this up. Can you can you read this? Hang on a minute. Yeah, I can. There read we it. go. Yeah. Let's bring
1: that up. So on All social right, cool. media, it's an
0: interesting question, though. What do you
1: think about that? Are there risks involved with this? Um, yes. So one of the things, I mean, if you're talking specifically about botting algorithm uh, manipulation, which uh, uh, just drop a, a, a thumbs up if that's what you're referring to, Anders. Um, but so botting is a is a classic thing that we've seen online and in terms of developing um, algorithmic tweets uh, uh, tweaks sorry um, and yes that does carry a huge risk because it's all it takes is for the company to to identify it using their own algorithm um or their own their own ai sniffers basically and then you can be considered violating terms of service and then goodbye all your accounts, right? And if it's something like Facebook that actually has multiple linked platforms, then their terms of service allows them to ban you flat out across the whole board. Um, so, you know, you, there's if what you're talking about is uh, research bots, so that's bots that go out and just quietly harvest data effectively, um, you've got to be careful more about what country you're doing that in. Um, because say for you doing if for example, you're doing it in the EU, that's going to be, um, violating many, many privacy laws there. Um, and, and you'll probably get, you'll probably get a big fine from the government, it, particularly if you're German or something like that, then you'll get nailed. Um, but that information data collection is frowned upon only in specific locations, not necessarily frowned upon by the platform. It kind of depends on how you're doing it. If you're doing it in an egregious fashion, then yes, it's gonna be frowned upon. So if you're embedding software to do it, if you're running passive mm-hmm. learning algorithms, then that's less of a concern. Um, yeah. And Probably then the the necessarily the final say on how it's going to behave, won't be the site owner uh, or can this be controlled? So, so how it's going? To, I mean, are you talking about the actual um, algorithm of the website, of the platform, Anders, or are you talking about the algorithm of the machine learning aspect from your own piece of software? I, I need some engagement here because I'm not sure which one he's referring to because it changes <laughs> answer. Listen, listen, we
0: like engagement. Guys, so you can keep keep you can keep the engagement up. We kind of like challenging questions. I know Rory likes that um, challenging questions anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even it's the tech guy. My my partner Nick's probably the one to actually ask all the detailed questions <laughs> <laughs> about the tech stuff. <laughs> the, platform. Oh, there you go, the platform. Okay, cool. So so if you're talking about the actual platform itself. Um, uh the, the platform is is okay, so there's there's two elements to the platform. There's the actual platform's hard code itself, which is you know the interface that you deal with on the front end and the back end. And then there's the actual AI in the background. And it's not one AI, there's multiple AIs that that run in layered format. And they're going to regulate very differently depending on location, uh post following, that kind of stuff, previous engagement. Um, SEO standing has an impact on it as well. Um platform uh, cross-linking and things like that also uh, tweaks it. So if your question there is, um, do you have control over it? To some extent you do, you can game the system. It's not so much that you have direct control over it. You just have to learn the little triggers that 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 tell the algorithm the things it likes. When you're dealing with AI, you need to think about it this way, right? It's a computer. So what happens is, is the computer coder tells the people that this program here or this this action here is worth one sweetie, right? And this one here is worth two sweeties. And this one here is worth five sweeties. And this one here is worth 20 sweeties. So which one do you think the computer is going to push hardest for? It's gonna go for the 20 sweeties, unless that 20 sweeties one takes too much, of its own time to check up, in which case it'll fall back to the next layer back and so on. I'm really oversimplifying AI development here. But, um, <laughs> but it's also gonna depend on the nature of the AI development, okay? Um, and so what I mean by gaming the system is working out what these different sweeties are. So for example, let's go to Instagram, right? The AI loves reels. It We know it loves reels, okay? But then there's additional little sweeties you can add to that component with things like okay here's a meta tag so now it's not just getting the five sweeties from the real it's also getting one from the meta tags are you doing a, an additional video thing with it as well okay there's another extra little bit of sweetie um does your are, have you previously as an instagram person have you previously engaged with multiple people in the last 24 hours yes Okay, great. So this person gets another little sweetie allocation. And so the game goes like that. And every platform has got different games that it plays. Um, SEO is probably the one that is the most complicated to learn how to game though, because Google makes so many changes across so many different aspects of its platform that it's actual AI learning is really hard to learn how to game. But again, there are little tricks you can do. So Anders, I hope that answers your question
0: i got a question around not, the old
1: SEO. Um,
0: I do have a yes. question around the old SEO, and I suppose my, my question to you really is because, you know, back probably about five, maybe seven years ago, SEO used to be a really big deal, right, because you could use keywords and you could use certain hashtags, and then people would write blogs, which had multiple times over, right, with, the amount of different words and then google would index it and it would go straight to number one but obviously that that doesn't happen anymore because google's not stupid Um, I wish it, if only it
1: did. It Um, does actually happen. Um, It still happens, Adam. But what they did was they did realize this was the case. And a lot of platforms actually realized this was the case, not just Google. Um, But what they realized was there's got to be a usability index as well. So they created two sets of SEO. The one is purely an algorithmic structure, which is what we know from the old term SEO. And then there's a new one, which is the usability index. which is basically how usable is your site in terms of a browser. So it's gone are the days where you could create, you know, hundreds of backlink pages uh, that had no real purpose or no real structure, um, but were just there to cheat the SEO system, right? Um, Google will now penalize you significantly for that because while it's got a high uh, rating in terms of the old school SEO, okay, they, they've also changed the priorities in that, but. Uh, Let's just assume that it was still the old version, right? Um, Even though you would kill it on that, you're not killing it on the usability. In fact, you're you're not created something at all for humans to look at. So because the humans are now not being able to utilize it, Google just goes, nope, go away. (laughs) And so they actually penalize you for that. It's also something that you can see in lots of other platforms. So let's use Clubhouse that you and I also do quite a lot, right? Um, the Clubhouse algorithm's got an interesting little usability thing there now. If you have people sitting in your room uh, uh, on the stage and not engaging, not flicking mics, not conversing, not actually talking, uh, the algorithm will actually punish your room badly in terms of discovery for that because you are basically trying to to milk their followers by them not engaging, so it's actually more beneficial to bounce people out of out of the room or out back down to the audience. Leave them there for a couple minutes, and then if you need to pull them back up again, when you need them to. But um, there's just an example of of an algorithm looking at usability as much as it's u- looking at uh, at the um, SEO traction element of it.
0: Right. So all those Pretty
1: keywords good. and things are. Keywords and things are still really important. Backlinks are still important. Um, in terms of websites, probably the most important thing is is probably speed these days. Um, and that's from both the usability and an SEO standpoint. Uh, we try and typically aim for somewhere between two to three seconds on desktop and between three to five seconds load time on uh, mobile. And that's on image heavy websites. And there's lots of ways you can cheat it to make it faster. But at the end of the day, there's two reasons you want to do this. One, if I click on your website on my phone and it takes a couple seconds to load, you know, more than more than three or four seconds to load, I'm just going to close it. I'm not going to bother waiting for it. Screw you. Um, it's even worse when you're trying to navigate through a site and every page is doing that. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it's so it's both from a navigation standpoint, but then also Google is looking at it going, oh, my word, this has got a massive click off ratio. Uh, we should not promote this site at all. So you really need to focus very heavily on making sure that your sites are, are both very user efficient, i.e. minimal click through process and that people will stay on your site. So view view them a while um, and come back another thing that's also ticked up quite a lot recently is that people revisit your sites so you'll see that's kind of come with the e-commerce shift that happened in 2020, 2019 um, because of COVID that that Google is now favoring that element as well if you have a repeat attendees um, yeah
0: cool very good um, interestingly enough as we were talking about LinkedIn I don't know if you were aware about a feature Rory and it's similar Let's say, take a look. If I go say into again? Uh, LinkedIn, uh, I, I wanted to. I don't know if you're aware about a new feature on LinkedIn. There's a new feature on LinkedIn that I wanted to share with you. It's a little bit like on Instagram. When you do an Instagram story, it's a LinkedIn story. Are you aware of this?
1: I I know about LinkedIn stories. I haven't personally played around with them as of yet. Uh, It's on my to-do list. (laughs) I've just been trying to get my my video brand stuff out of late.
0: (laughs) I was just curious to see if you'd played around with it. And because I know that um, I was going to say with a lot of platforms that have got new features on, they really like you to, you know, sort of engage with the new features. And they reward you for it, don't they? Mm -hmm.
1: Massively. So anytime a platform introduces any kind of new feature, they are always going to give you cookies for doing it or sweeties for doing it, right? Um, it's it's just a matter of whether or not um, other people actually like engaging with it. So um, I'm I'm always more interested in engagement statistics than I am in, interested in vanity statistics. So for the audience's perspective, so that they know what I'm talking about, vanity stats are things like likes and follows and that kind of thing. Um, when you get little uh, clappy hands on LinkedIn or thumbs up on on uh, on uh, Facebook or hearts on on Instagram, these these used to be considered parts of engagement, but I just don't classify them as engagement because they don't actually turn into anything. Um, yeah. They will boost your algorithmic standpoint a little bit, but not anything massively. What you're really pushing for is comments uh, and back and forth engagement on your comic comments. Yeah. Um, or shares. Shares is also a big one. So if if the new feature on LinkedIn is going to really help push further engagement, then I'm all all on board. Uh, and it's all the better that uh, the algorithm is keen on it. But if it's not going to push engagement, if it's going to just be one of those sort of, um, sort of throw by the wind kind of things like Facebook has tried many, many, many times with lots of different things, then... You're going to end up just spending a lot of time there, wasting your time. I, I'm basically, I'm going to keep an eye on about five people on LinkedIn and see whether they're doing it. And if they start doing it, I'll start doing it immediately. Um, and it basically boils down to that. I follow the absolute <laughs> experts of it, so that's <laughs> you know, you don't need to learn everything when it comes to to digital marketing. Sometimes it just helps to have a good couple of well-educated friends. <laughs>
0: 100% agree. By the way, 100% agree. Um, interestingly enough, as we're talking about audio-only apps, which is extremely popular now because we've got Clubhouse now. Where do you see the future of audio-only apps? And um, and 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 how does um, if people aren't on audio-only apps like Clubhouse, for example, and bringing out one, Facebook are in development to bring in one for Android and stuff. Twitter Spaces were kind of whipping their toe in. But it kind of failed miserably, I suppose. Um, sorry, Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you from your particularly? Um,
1: sorry, Adam, you broke would, up there for a second.
0: Oh, sorry. How would you? How would you? Um, any? Any? I suppose any comments uh, or any advice from. Uh, for our audience with regards to embracing audio only apps uh, in terms of growing a business and audio only?
1: So, yeah, they've been game changers Um, and and they'll continue to be game changers. I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. It's it's (laughs) far, far, far too game changing for the business world in particular. And this is why I'm quite excited about LinkedIn's one in particular is I think it poses a significant threat to Clubhouse Uh, from a business standpoint. Uh, If they implement it extremely well, I see a big shift straight across. That's what's going to happen with the business world. They'll Mm. just straight across. Um, But I I don't know that it'll kill Clubhouse because Clubhouse has got such big reach with other kinds of rooms, not just business rooms. Obviously you and I roll the business space. So that's kind of what we see all the time because that's what the algorithm wants to deliver to us. But yeah. at the end of the day, there are other rooms for all sorts of things, dating and mind feed stuff and meditation, all sorts of things. So the, I think it's probably one of the biggest game changing things that's happened in the digital space for a couple of years now. Um, And really, really will change the way things interact. And in terms of how do you utilize it in business? Well, you need to have a strategy. Simple as that. Um, Like all social media stuff, you need a strategy. You can't just kind of dive in and willy-nilly around and things like that. Yeah, you can do that if you're not really doing it for a business standpoint. But if you're doing it for a business standpoint, you need a strategy. And like all social media platforms, there is an etiquette to doing it. Um, and you need to learn that etiquette. Every day on Clubhouse, there's a room that runs, I think it basically runs 24 hours a day, which is specifically there for new people that come on to Clubhouse. Um, And there you can ask as many questions as you want, and the mods there, moderators there, will look after you and hold your hand and guide you and um, just take you through the basic etiquette learning rules. Because if you drop into a room and uh, you immediately put your hand up to go and speak on stage, and you say something, you know, you try and pitch people immediately on your product or something like that. You're going to get shut down really fast, and you're going to get a bad reputation really quickly. So, um, it, you kind of have to go in with a with a, a genuine authenticity. That's my best advice to you: is don't don't try and go in there and and be anything that you're not. Just be yourself. Um, be be your so, so I just say just be your silly self like I am, <laughs> say say idiotic things occasionally and laugh at it and laugh at yourself, and and you'll find what what will happen is there's certain clicks on on Clubhouse for example that sort of roll together that you can that you can kind of break into and and start following and engaging and like all social media platforms it's all about relationship building, so. I agree just leverage these audio platforms to build better relationships. And then as you're building these relationships, you'll get invited to other rooms and talking in other rooms and things. And this will be true when Facebook introduces its platform. This will be true when LinkedIn introduces its platform, when Instagram veritably has some kind of adaption process as well. If Twitter ever bothers to get off off their ass and build something <laughs> and we'll see them. <laughs> but I don't see that don't happening. To, That'll just turn into a cesspit overnight. <laughs> so, probably. It's I, interesting. I wouldn't want to be on remember, that one.
0: <laughs> uh yeah that's a that's a whole new conversation. Um mm. <laughs> but you know you know um what's gonna say to you um I remember about it was probably about eighteen months ago and the whole debate was you know is Twitter gonna die, right? Because there wasn't anything kind of new from them. Do you know what I mean? And Twitter spaces, people were kind of getting excited about it. But I absolutely agree with you. There's a lot of um, haters on there and there's a lot of trolls on there, which you've got to be careful of. Uh, So word of warning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, But by the way, for you guys that are listening in, even if you're listening to the recording from this later, if you are on Clubhouse, use the comment in the comment section below. Post your username. And we'll follow each other for a while. But what is your uh, username, by the way, Rory?
1: Uh, I think it's at RC Atkinson. I think on yeah, yeah, cool. RC. Yeah, this Atkinson.
0: is actually RC really... Atkinson. Cool. I'll put it up in the chat box.
1: Yeah, give me a follow. I'm I'm anyway, always on. This there is a really interesting
0: quest. Says. Yeah. And and this this is a really good question because I actually had a friend of mine, Rory, and he gave up Clubhouse recently because he was concerned about the GDPR and privacy policy. What's your take on this?
1: Yeah. So, okay, so there's a couple of things. Um, The the back end in terms of security of Clubhouse is shockingly poor. Uh, It's not well designed and not well structured. One of the guys that I spend quite a lot of time on Clubhouse around is um, a man called LeJay. He's the global strategist for the uh, Wonder Group. And and in fact, he's much more knowledgeable about this and and is probably the right person to ask all the detailed questions about. And so my my limited knowledge, I will answer this question for you, but he is the guy to ask the details of. Um, For me, I think in terms of privacy risk, it is a, it is got a, an element to it, and and it's a matter of time until things start getting hacked and all the rest. I believe that they are working on improving their security in the back end. Um, fortunately, it's Apple based, so that already adds a natural layer of privacy. And I think it might be part of the reason why they've delayed so long to get Android on on board. Um, not just from a strategic standpoint, but I think I think also from a from a security standpoint, because Android is far easier to hack out than than Apple in a lot of cases. Um, that said, in terms of the violations of, of policy, well, it, it's kind of like all social media. You, you're kind of always treading a gray line. That's, that's sort of the way I would always look at it is you're always stepping slightly one side or slightly the other side in most instances. Um, I am concerned about it, but not concerned enough to not use it because it makes too much money. (laughs) I'll be honest. It's
0: interesting, right? Uh, Me and Rory, guys, me and Rory know uh, a number of people. We know a number of people that have probably made six figures from clubhouse alone which is, which just kind of says it's a great it, it's not just what i'm calling a, a money-making platform yeah it's good no. but it, you've got to put the hard work in and you've got to have a strategy like boris said
1: yeah you've got to put the time in look so, i mean i was in a room today for four and a half hours earlier i'll be in another one later tonight again for another two and a half three hours I'm, i try and be on for between five to six hours every day so if i'm putting that much time into it you must know that it's a a pretty valuable platform to to invest your energy and time into the other thing is it gives you direct access to people that you otherwise will never have access to in your life um lejay is actually a good example of that he's a phenomenal phenomenal guy but if it wasn't for clubhouse i would never have met him never have had interaction with him would never have connected with him on linkedin would never have had a conversation with him Um, and i can list many people that fall into that category thanks to clubhouse so for anything it's just a phenomenal networking platform um to grow your yeah. your network and and get to know some people outside of your g- general business circle because um, that can be quite difficult to break yeah. out of especially now in in this sort of semi-restrictive digital age where even though we're all online it's very hard to discover each other so clubhouse has kind of made that discovery process really easy and i think that's what's really kicked it off uh as hard as it as hard yeah. as it has mm.
0: and i love the fact that you can get ac- you know accessibility is great and who i mean who would be able to get access to gary vaynerchuk and grant cardone you know these people are virtually inaccessible there you go you see yeah. i mean it, you know it's not rocket guys it's kind of yeah. cool i kind of like that um I was going to say we're just coming towards the show, uh, whatever it is. It's amazing. I mean, time's just flown by. But um,
1: well, any final always thoughts? Always the case based on with you, Adam.
0: <laughs> I know. Always right? the case it's crazy. with you. The time but always gone. Right? Right? <laughs> I know. It's just crazy. It just kind of when you're having fun it's like oh my god 43 minutes that's insane are you crazy um but uh um, any final thoughts by the way from a digital marketing perspective because i know that there's a lot of listeners kind of thinking that in anticipation what are you going to give us
1: well okay so a couple of things here i mean i'll give you some bullet point stuff if that'll help Although I don't do bullet points well. Adam will attest to that. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Bullet points here. Guys, you need to focus on building community. Community is the king at the moment online, um, building some kind of community element. And you can do this by by moving people through layers of community. So what do I mean by that? Discovery, that means that you don't know the people at all, the people don't know you at all. That would be the discovery phase. Then you move them from whatever that form is, whether that's post-boosting, whether that's posts you're doing, whether that's cross engagement on other platforms, you move them into your sort of uh, immediate touching points. So I I would call that first touching points, where you can actually deliver some value to them, some content to them in some capacity, gather some information from them in some capacity, or get them to purchase a small product or service from you. Uh, This is kind of like the trick to it, it's make a loss initially, and then you can kind of go from there. Um, then you can move them into a initial community. This is generally quite a broad community structure. Uh, It can have tens of thousands of people in it if you really need to. But the important thing is is that it is an engaged community. It is privatized if you want to um, make it privatized or alternatively, it's open to, to more people to invite other people into that community. You'll just need another faltering layer below that. And then you move those people, the ones that are truly really engaged, not just hanging around on the sidelines, but the ones that are truly really engaged into a much higher intense community and i know adam's got one of those as well um which often these communities are hidden behind paywalls and they work extremely well and you know don't even think if it's only for small businesses it's not again i go back to lejay he was talking to me about how he's got private groups for for high-end multi 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 multi-millionaire and billionaire people on WhatsApp groups where they just talk crap, basically. They network and share information, but that's part of his that company's group. And the reason that you do that is because the higher up the the chain of, of sort of target that you're going after, uh, the different approach that you're gonna have to have in curating these kinds of communities, because their goals, the people that are in there, their goals are gonna change, you know? Um, if you're talking about somebody that's that's worth many millions, they don't really care that much about your course that you're going to sell them. That's utterly irrelevant to them. You you you're going to be far more engaged with them if you can send them to you know your buddy that does franchising like Sean Sean um, Goldsmith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like he does that all the time on Clubhouse, where he's like, "Oh, I've got this friend somewhere." So the the running joke on Clubhouse is, is that Sean knows somebody that knows somebody that knows you, <laughs> somewhere along the line, right? So and that's that's kind of what you got to do in the in the new society is make sure that your that your uh, community structures are well laid out, and that you have good funnel things. Here's another tip about online at the moment: if people want to buy, make it easy for them. Don't make them jump through hoops to buy from you. Too many people try and put forms and submissions and all this stuff, stop it. Just make it as simple and easy as possible for people to engage with you, whether that's to buy a product or alternatively to engage with you directly uh, in some kind of relationship or network relationship facility. Last thing is when you guys are taking people from direct messages, so that's during your relationship building process, do not, for crying in a bucket, uh, send them uh, calendarly links. Um, you need to make it as easy as possible for other people to, do, to, to engage with you on a Zoom call or a phone call or whatever, um, take that conversation from the direct messaging onto some kind of call process, but in doing so, make it as easy as it's for them. If they have to go and click on stuff and fill in forms and stuff like that, you're making them do work. Um, and the higher the level of the person, the more they're going to tell you to go screw yourself. So, <laughs> so, to be honest with you, you just need to you just need to make sure that you do all the work. You know, say to them straight, give them two times. Uh, say to them, hey, yeah. I've got uh, time available at nine fifteen tomorrow morning and at ten forty five tomorrow night. Fifteen and forty five work quite well, by the way. It's a recent trick I picked up on. Um, then give them only two options, and most of the time they'll pick one of those two. If they can't find it, then schedule around their time schedule and say, "Hey, you know which what works for you? You give me a couple times, and I'll I'll work out what where I can fit it in." Then you send them immediately the Zoom link or the phone call number or whatever the calendar booking, everything. You know, make sure that everything is done for them. Don't make them go and click and book and pick a time out of your calendar. Nobody is that busy that they can't do that on. on their behalf, um, I've had calls with with people that are worth many millions, and they do all the work for me. And I'm not worth many, many, many millions like they are. Um, you know, it's it, it's they they've really shown me how to do client engagement in that respect, and it works. It improves the rate of conversion significantly. So there's Very my good. bullet point.
0: That's good. We like that. We like bullet points. Listen, guys, if you have any questions, use the comments section in the comment section below. Uh, by the way, connect with myself and also with uh, with Rory on uh, LinkedIn is his preferred platform. You will not catch him. Very I love much LinkedIn. <laughs> He's a LinkedIn. I've,
1: started, I've started posting there occasionally, Adam. Maybe what's <laughs> room?
0: Good. Listen, guys, make sure that you uh, connect with uh, Rory on LinkedIn. Um, By the way, if you have any digital marketing um, uh, questions or if you have any questions based on tonight's um, episode, do me a favor. Reach out to Rory Atkinson uh, on LinkedIn and uh, you'll see Rory Atkinson, South Africa. I think it's Cape Town, right?
1: Yeah, Cape Town.
0: Perfect. There you go. So listen, guys, hope you've enjoyed today's show. Uh, We'll see you back in again, by the way, next week. We've got an amazing guy from Chicago, Illinois, um, and uh, also going to be making a couple of awesome announcements. So that's I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, listen, have a fantastic week. Uh, Make sure that you join me and Rory tomorrow on Clubhouse. If you have an Apple phone, of course. At eight AM British Standard Time. At eight AM British Standard Time. And we're going to be talking about is is your business scalable?
1: Hmm? Glenn's anyway, topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We actually did it last week. It was absolutely cracking. Um, some really good. Yeah. Thanks very much uh, to Daniel. Uh, very good. Much to Anders. Very good. Much. Uh, uh, so listen, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you again next week from Ria and Rory. Take care. See you soon.
1: Cheers, guys. Hey, you guys. I
0: just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights